The events, characters, and entities depicted on this podcast are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or to actual entities is purely coincidental. If you're seeking to be offended, this is a good choice. And if you're easily offended, please throw away this listening apparatus right now. Okay, bye. So what I'm trying to say is I don't understand what women are, I'm sorry to say, whinging about this imbalance, unbalance, whatever you guys are calling it. The, the reality is, in the workplace, we talk about balance. We have corporate training on the topic of balance. We have balance sheets, but there is no gender balance. What's that Hello, Dad. Hello, Mum. Welcome to the Frisk Aid Show. Oh, what are you doing here? Habibi. Entertaining the nation, mate. I'm the best RJ in the world. And you know me. Uh, sorry but to have to cut it short. We're expecting Rushdie for the Hangout, Hangout podcast. That's coming up next. Habibi. Habibi. Um... One, I'm not your Habibi, and two, uh, you really got to get out. Okay, um, okay. Hey guys, here's a special episode with producer Bub, who's taken the liberty, time out to prepare a Marvel recap. For those of you that haven't spent the 45 plus hours it takes to get through the 21 films that make up the Marvel Cinematic Universe, allow me to give you a brief recap of all the major highlights in the MCU. For the sake of continuity, I will try to keep this in chronological order as best as I can. So let's go. We begin at the very beginning approximately 13.8 billion years ago when there was nothing but darkness, blackness, a silence so silent. It was deafening. And then BAM! The Big Bang brought us and everything we know into existence, including six fancy super-duper space stones, each having the power to control elements of reality itself. Enter the Infinity Stones, the magical whatchamacallits of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Keep these in mind, they are important. Fast forward billions of years later and we find ourselves in 1942, when the world was engaged in a war, a world war, where an evil organization known as Hydra, a more evil form than Nazism, I guess, was growing its tentacles in order to take over the world. Johann Schmidt, the super evil head honcho leader of the organization, attacked a Norwegian town in search of the Blue, Blue Tesseract, Tesseract Cube, Cube, one of the aforementioned Infinity Stones. Schmidt claimed the Tesseract for himself in order to produce weapons of mass destruction. Lasers, man. Basically, lasers. Pew, 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 pew. Because of course he did. Meanwhile, back in New York in the United States in America, Steve Rogers, a young weakling with a heart of gold, was bummed out that he couldn't join the forces in Europe to take down Hydra, that he guinea pigs himself to a dose of super steroids, eventually turning him into the super soldier we now know as Captain America, the first Avenger. Together with futurist Howard Stark, the one that used vibranium to produce Captain America's massively indestructible giant frisbee, his bestest buddy Bucky Barnes, the lovely 
ugly British agent Peggy Carter and the howling commandos, Steve gives up his life in show business to fight against Hydra. When Captain America throws his mighty shield. Come on, guys. All those who chose to oppose his shield must wield. Spoiler alert. As they take the fight to Hydra, which involves a train, Bucky dies. Aww. Or does he? We also learned that when confronted by Schmidt, Steve Rogers discovers that he too was given the super serum that turned Johann Schmidt into the Red Skull, whose plans of bombing the world to bits with his newly acquired super bombs with the help of the Blue, blue Tesseract, Tesseract Cube was thwarted by a hero in red, white and blue who gave his life crashing a plane in order to save the world, but not before Red Skull was mysteriously teleported to whereabouts unknown after he stared too long into the blue, blue Tesseract, Tesseract cube. cube. Yeah, he just disappeared just like that. Peggy Carter and Howard Stark moved on to form the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. <gasps> oh my god. Or SHIELD for short, except that it wasn't called SHIELD at that time as that stupid Captain Convenient Marvel movie suggested. Which brings us to the end of Phase 3, but strangely still in 1989, where scientist-slash-Dr. Wendy Lawson, working at the United States Air Force on a very top-secret project, codenamed Pegasus, which no one knew about, but we all knew about, and pilot Carol Danvers was shot down while flying an experimental aircraft by an alien spacecraft. No idea how this got through Earth's defenses, but whatever. Piloted by a member of the Kree Empire, a civilization in a galaxy far away that were hell-bent to achieve order, order through, through conquest. conquest. The science lady was killed in the crash and Danvers blew up their aircraft in order to prevent the Kree from stealing experimental tech. In the process, she was covered in this mysterious blue energy that permeated through her skin. And she was okay. Having witnessed this phenomenon, the Kree soldier took the unconscious Carol Danvers with him to space never to be seen again. Fast forward to 1995 and we see Veers, a member of the Kree army, found her way to Earth while hunting down some scrolls. 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 The shapeshifters from the X-Files. The, the shapeshifting enemies of the Kree. Yeah, same thing. Veers teamed up with S.H.I.E.L.D. agent badass Nick Fury and soon discovered after a series of montages, she is in fact Carol Danvers herself. <sighs> oh, and also Dr. Lawson was in fact a Kree scientist named Marvell who wanted to build a faster-than-light super engine using the Blue, Blue Tesseract, Tesseract Cube to save the scrolls from genocide at the hands of the Kree. Danvers, who now goes by the name Captain Marvel, but insists people call her Carol, left Earth with a group of scroll refugees, but not before leaving Nick Fury with an intergalactic space 16-bit color pager, complete with animated logos, which he could use to page her anytime. <sighs> Must be a special kind of anytime, not like the invasion slash battle of New York, or the murdering robots running rampant in Sokovia, or the attack on Wakanda, none of those, only a major anytime. Well, okay. Warping through time and space into 2005 where we learn that the military is desperately trying to replicate the success of Captain America by finding a new super soldier serum. Led by General Thaddeus Ross who is in charge of the project, he pushes his lead scientist Bruce Banner to figure the stuff out ASAP. Banner who wanted to impress Ross because he had a hard-on for Ross's daughter Betty, subjected himself to dangerous slash lethal levels of gamma radiation, transforming him into the Incredible Hulk. Having 
having seen this, Ross was all like, oh, yeah, we're going to weaponize this hawk. That's how I roll. But Banner wasn't cool, so he went into hiding. In 2008, son of Howard Stark, Tony Stark successfully transformed his late father's company, Stark Industries, into the world's numero uno weapons manufacturer. Howard Stark was dead by this point, in case you didn't know. Tony, attending the testing of some weapons, was chilling with some soldiers in the Middle East when he was caught by one of his own missiles that exploded and sent shrapnel into his heart and was later kidnapped by some terrorists in the Middle East. Because of course. However, the terrorists, being the boneheads that they were, handed Tony Stark the equipment he needed to create a flying suit of armor. After having demanded the billionaire slash playboy slash engineer slash physicist slash computer programmer slash animation artist slash graphic designer to build them some missiles and bombs. So Tony built himself a suit with the help of a prisoner friend and flew out of there immediately. Uh, how he got to the States from the Middle East is not important, but what is important is to note that this suit harnesses a reactor which is responsible for keeping him alive by preventing the shrapnel from sinking deeper into his heart. Okay. Then he had, as the saying goes, a moment of clarity. He would build a new suit to fight off bad guys and rid the world of evil. Back in America, he addressed the public stating that it's not cool building weapons of mass destruction and soon stopped the production of weapons, which pissed off his business partner Obadiah Stane, who was in fact the mastermind behind his kidnapping in the first place. This led to a battle between Tony Stark in his suit and Obadiah Stane in his own upgraded suit, which eventually ends with Tony blowing up Obadiah Stane to kingdom come. Later, Tony would address the world that he is. Iron Man, which caught the attention of Nick Fury, who snuck into Tony's house just to tell him about the Superhero Avengers Initiative program. Breaking and entering? R really? Tony would be Iron Manning around for the next few years, while aware of the fact that he was being poisoned by the arc reactor that was assumed to have been keeping him alive. When the US government, don't know where they've been all this time, but whatever, came a knocking and asked him for his suit since it was well suited for military purposes. Because of course, Tony obviously said no. In the meantime, a disgruntled Russian evil genius shows up with arms of electricity to put an end to Tony because he hates Tony because of the stuff about his daddy. Yeah. Tony would then later decide to party hard, get drunk, shit-faced and fall out with his bestest buddy Colonel James Rhodes who pieced out bro with one of Tony's very own Iron Man suits and took it back to the Air Force to rechristen it as the War Machine. Meanwhile, Nick Fury instructed the assistant of Pepper Potts who was the assistant of Tony Stark at the time to get close to Tony Stark in order to evaluate him for the superhero Avengers program. We find out that the aforementioned assistant is none other than SHIELD agent Natasha Romanoff aka Black Widow who helped Tony and his buddy James to fight off some generic Iron Man ripoffs designed by Stark business rival Justin Hammer who was working together with the disgruntled Russian dude. Oh my god. <sighs> Tony then later finds a secret video of his dad saying some things and moves on to create and build a new and improved version of the arc reactor to replace the old one. The one that was killing him. Apparently he's okay now. Later on that week, I guess, Thaddeus Ross found out that Bruce Banner was hiding out in Brazil and sent in a strike team to go get him. But Bruce somehow made it back to the States without being detected in order to find a cure to cure his Hulk illness but eventually running into Ross and his new pet super beast, the Abomination. Bruce had to then embrace his super CGI greener side in order to stop the pet super beast running rampant in Harlem. Also in that same week or month, I guess, in a distant cosmos called 
called Asgard. The Asgardians were celebrating heir to the throne Thor for coming of age. However, celebrations were cut short when the Frost Giants attacked Asgard and Thor and his brother Loki and the rest of his gang went to fight the Frost Giants on their home turf, much to the dismay of Odin, the king of Asgard, and Thor's dad, who was again starting a war with the Frost Giants. So he stripped Thor of his powers and his trusted hammer Mjolnir because of his attitude and banished him to Earth where he laid eyes on Natalie Portman. Which is a good thing, I mean, why would that be a bad thing? But whatever, Thor later proves himself worthy of wielding his fancy hammer after risking his life to save the town he was in and also Natalie Portman from some evil bad guys and a tin man and later returning to Asgard to give Loki a proper royal brotherly ass whooping for trying to claim the throne for himself. That selfish bastard. Also, this was about the same time Loki found out that he was in fact a frost giant as well, stolen by Odin from his home when he was a child or infant or frost infant, whatever, and then started yelling at Odin very loudly until Odin went to sleep. Warping on to 2012, we find that Loki, after having teleported to Earth, has stolen the Blue, Blue Tesseract, Tesseract Cube. Cube. But not before brainwashing a soon-to-be member of the superhero Avengers group, Clint Barton, aka Hawkeye, to do his bidding. This event was not taken too lightly by Nick Fury, who figured it's about the right time to initiate the Avengers program by bringing in Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, completely with a new face, Black Widow and Captain America, who was recently thawed out of the ice. As the team went on the hunt for Loki, Iron Man and Captain America ran into Thor who wanted Loki for himself. After a fearsome battle that caused damage to a number of innocent trees, Thor finally decided to join the Avengers team after being thoroughly impressed by the Captain's Americanness and how Iron Tony's man was. Uh. Yeah. Thor finally captured Loki, but then oh my god plot twist, Loki wanted to be captured this whole time because reasons. Actually, he wanted to split the Hulk from the Avengers, but nobody cares about that. And opened a space portal to worlds beyond, allowing an army of aliens called the Chitari to invade and attack New York. By now, the Avengers have officially teamed up, including Iron Man, Captain America, the Incredible Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, and the recently unbrainwashed Hawkeye. Yay! They defeated Loki and the invading aliens. Thor used a space bridge to transport Loki and himself back to Asgard and the Avengers went their own solo movie ways. <sighs> In 2013, Tony Stark, who was suffering from PTSD after almost dying in space during the Battle of New York, finds himself fighting against terrorists. Again. Led by the Mandarin who turned out to be a British actor being used by the main villain of the third installment of the Iron Man movies named Aldrich Killian. The blah 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 extremist blah 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 orange yellowish glowing things blah 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 in a shipping yard blah 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 Aldrich wanted to destroy Tony. Together with his bestest buddy James Rhodes and his now girlfriend slash CEO of his company Pepper Potts, they defeated Aldrich Killian and Tony after promising his full commitment to his girlfriend blew up all of his Iron Man suits. Pretty premature if you ask me. Also that very same year we found Thor fighting some Dark Elves, a group of ancient enemies of the Asgardians. The Dark Elves plan to use the Aether, 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 to plunge the world as we know it into darkness and blackness because they just don't like the light, I don't know. Thor defeats the Dark Elves but his mom dies and Loki dies which causes Thor great anguish and grief. But plot twist, Loki doesn't die, instead he faked his death to take the form of Odin to take over the throne. 
In 2014, Captain America and Black Widow were working for S.H.I.E.L.D., oblivious to the fact that HYDRA had infiltrated the super spy organization with their own agents. Nick Fury was shot and supposedly killed by the assassin later to be known as the Winter Soldier. Captain America and Black Widow, along with newbie hero Sam Wilson, aka Falcon, stopped HYDRA from killing millions of people all at once by using S.H.I.E.L.D.'s flying helicarriers. Also, the Winter Soldier was later found out to be Bucky Barnes, bestest buddy of Captain America, who was thought to have died died during the fight against Hydra, remember? A long time ago. But instead was kidnapped by Hydra, brainwashed and used as an assassin. Also, also, Nick Fury wasn't dead. He was completely fine, by the way. <gasps> Meanwhile, during that same year, out in a distant galaxy far, far away, a renegade Kree, Ronin, set his sights on the Power Stone, another Infinity Stone to destroy the planet Xandar, an old enemy of the Kree Empire. But his plans were also thwarted by the Guardians of the Galaxy, starring Peter Starlord Quill, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Drax the Destroyer, and Gamora, daughter of Thanos. Wait, what? Thanos? Yeah, the big purple guy who's not important right now. Months later, the GOTG run into Ego, the living planet who turned out to be Star-Lord's dad. Also, things were hotting up between Peter and Gamora. I'm surprised they didn't burst into a song and dance, Disney. Star-Lord found out that Ego intended to conquer the galaxy and also that he killed Peter's human mom. The Guardians were joined by Gamora's sister Nebula, Yondu and his space pirates, and Mantis, a hilariously looking bug lady. All of them managed to beat Ego, convincingly, but Yondu died in the process. What a shame. Back on Earth in 2015, things were going great for our avenging superheroes until Tony and Bruce accidentally used the Mind Stone, another one of the six Infinity Stones recently acquired, to create Ultron, an evil AI hell-bent on wiping out all of humanity. Ultron, in the meantime, was continuing to evolve and decided that it needed a new suit and made one for itself. We don't know how because screw us. The AI robot recruited a pair of Hydra super agents, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, two mutant twins that were gifted with magical abilities and super speed respectively. They were meant to help Ultron execute its plan by lifting an entire city up into the heavens and using it as a meteor so us humans would suffer the same fate as the dinosaurs did. As it turned out, the twins were like, oh whoa, no way bro, they didn't approve of this idea and they joined Team Avengers before becoming husband and wife in the Godzilla movie. I the team would later regroup at Avengers HQ and led by genius Tony Stark and also genius Bruce Banner would create a non-evil robot named Vision using the newly acquired Mind Stone. The team would then set out to stop Ultron which led to the death of Quicksilver. Aww. Following the destruction of the city, things turned out to be quite okay, I guess, with the Avengers taking some time off going their own separate ways and Thor flying off to search for the other stones and Hawkeye retiring to spend time with his family. A family that Age of Ultron desperately wanted us to believe he loved so much, probably setting us up for something else. Oh yeah, and the Hulk. The Hulk commandeered a S.H.I.E.L.D. Quinjet himself and literally flew away. The Hulk in a plane flew away. I, oh man. Shortly after this, we are introduced to Scott Lang, a former thief who is released from prison with the hope of reuniting with his daughter. Eh, but not so important because he decides to do one last robbery with his friends, breaking into a house expecting to find a giant safe, but instead finds a strange suit. He takes the suit back to his apartment and wears it and soon realizes it fits perfectly. 
He presses some buttons on the suit and immediately shrinks down to the size of an ant and comedy follows. While trying to break into the same house and get this, return the suit that he stole after breaking into that house, he gets arrested. He is later approached by Hank Pym, a scientist and a former agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who developed the Ant-Man suit. He recruits Scott to don the high-tech shrinking between the molecule supersuit in order to protect Hank's technology from being sold to terrorists around the world by a really bad evil guy who uses the Yellow Jacket technology to fight Scott. During the fight, Scott shrinks to subatomic levels while in the suit and discovers the Quantum Realm, where Hank lost his wife Janet decades ago. Scott returns from the microverse and all is well. By 2016, things were all happy-go-lucky for Team Avengers. Vision, Falcon, Scarlet Witch and War Machine have all joined the team by now. That is until while on a routine clear out the bad guys mission in Sokovia, I think, Scarlet Witch blew up a building floor full of diplomats. Accidentally, of course. The UN suddenly came into existence and finally decided to show up after having had enough of the Avengers always destroying shit and issued the Sokovia Accords. A set of rules for superheroes if you like. Some events were for the Accords, others were against it. But before the UN could sign off on the rules, a bomb was detonated, killing and or harming many people including T'Chaka, the king of Wakanda, a small African country and the world's only source of vibranium. Bucky Barnes was framed for the attack and Captain America found himself having to fight against his Avenger buddies to protect his bestest buddy. Then came the infamous split. Captain America, who opposed the Sokovia Accords, formed his own band consisting of Bucky, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye and new recruit Ant-Man, went head-to-head -head with Iron Man, who supported the Sokovia Accords with his own band consisting of Black Widow, War Machine, Vision, Black Panther and special guest star Spider-Man. Hmm. After some pretty okay fight sequences, the Avengers either became fugitives of the law or under house arrest. Meanwhile, a very famous surgeon, Dr. Stephen Strange, got into a horrific car accident after driving super fast while not looking at the road. The crash was so bad that it completely crushed his hands only. Everything else was fine after some movie minutes. But yeah, the surgeon couldn't surgeon anymore. Hoping to rectify this calamity, he sought out the Ancient One, a mystical guru in Tibet who can create Inception-like movie effects using magic. The Ancient One and her friend gives Doctor Strange a crash course through mystical arts and kung fu. The blah blah blah, evil sorcerers, blah blah blah, opening a portal, blah blah blah, because everybody lives forever, because time has no meaning in the dark dimension, Strange finds himself in a boss level versus the giant-faced Dormammu and has to use the eye of Agimoto aka the time stone to trap the giant face in a time loop until Dormammu agrees to leave the earth alone. Eventually Strange wins and after the passing of the Ancient One he takes over as Sorcerer Supreme. Following the strange events <clears throat> we check up on Teenager Spider-Man. Teenage Spider-Man teenager Spider-Man, who returned home to Queens to investigate some actions of the Vulture, who started selling stolen alien technology after he stole them. After coming out triumphant against the scavenger, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man was offered a permanent spot on the Avengers roster by Tony Stark, which he completely and utterly declined because school is cool, no? After a while, Thor returned to his home after his adventures in space, only to find out that his brother Loki had replaced Odin as the 
the ruler of Asgard. But this didn't last very long either. Thor later forced Loki to take him to their father's location, which looked like the same movie set that Luke Skywalker was on as an old man. The two brothers got there just in time before Odin said some words and became one with the Force, which in turn released their evil sister Hela from imprisonment. And I gotta say, man... I wonder how long this imprisonment was because she looks stunning. So she shows up and blah, 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 completely destroys Thor's fancy hammer Mjolnir and then teleported the two brothers to a junk planet and conquered Asgard. Thor finds out the Hulk's there too. And they proceed to have a CGI gladiator fight because, okay, Hulk goes away, Bruce Banner returns after a very long time, probably since the Sokovia incident, and he and Thor teamed up with the remaining of the Valkyrie to return to Asgard to stop the evil Hela. Thor fights Hela, loses an eye, looks like his dad, and realized that the only way to defeat Hela was to start Ragnarok, leading us to another giant CGI evil monster battle, and okay, this was a good time for Loki to show up as well, to help stop the destruction of Asgard while helping himself to steal the blue, blue tesseract, tesseract cube. cube. Thor, Loki, the last of the Valkyries and the remaining Asgardians found themselves on a giant ship drifting into space only to be intercepted by another giant ship that looked like a snakehead for some reason which belonged to Thanos. Meanwhile, T'Challa, son of T'Chaka, took his place on the throne in Wakanda, although it didn't last very long because his American cousin showed up from America in the States and said he wanted the throne and he wanted to use the country's vibranium tech for a new world order. <gasps> Then the rest of the Black Panther movie happens and T'Challa becomes a hero. But let's just get back to the purple titan Thanos, who obviously showed up to claim the blue, blue tesseract, tesseract cube for himself. Note, he already possesses the power stone, which apparently he took from the planet Xandar, which I don't think we saw on screen. After crushing the blue, blue tesseract, tesseract cube, he collected the tesseract infinity stone, magically connected it to his giant golden gauntlet, took out Thor, killed Loki, pulled a Houdini and peaced out. The giant ship was in ruins and Thor was floating in space where he was later picked up by the GOTG who then helped him forge Stormbreaker. After many, 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 many things that happened, Thanos eventually gained possession of the Reality Stone. He then forced his daughter Gamora, Star-Lord's girlfriend, to reveal the location of the Soul Stone by torturing her robot sister Nebula. However, in order to gain possession of the Soul Stone, a sacrifice had to be made. A soul for a soul. What? So he sacrificed his daughter Gamora by throwing her off a cliff and shedding some tears. He then went on to fight Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Star-Lord, Drax, Mantis and Nebula on his already destroyed homeworld Titan, only to be followed by the most interesting event in my opinion when Doctor Strange hands over the Time Stone to Thanos after Thanos had stabbed Tony Stark and was about to kill him. This coming after Doctor Strange clearly informed Tony Stark that he would protect the Time Stone at all costs, even if it meant allowing his buddies to die. Also, it is important to note that our superheroes were moments away from ripping the gauntlet right off of Thanos' hand when Star-Lord threw a bitch fit because he learned about the death of his girlfriend at the hand of her dad because endgame thanos now needing only the mind stone which vision was in possession of teleported over to wakanda where he was met with a solid resistance from the sokovia court naysayers captain america black widow bruce banner who was in tony stark's hulk 
Buster outfit because the Hulk pussied out. Falcon, War Machine, Bucky, Scarlet Witch, and Black Panther. So many superpowers, man. And then a god showed up. Thor, along with his new fancy hammer slash axe Stormbreaker, a raccoon and a tree flew in on bolts of electricity to assist their Sokovia Accord naysayer buddies. And Thor took it upon himself to take Thanos out by plunging Stormbreaker into Thanos's chest. Yeah, he couldn't cut the arm or head off because Endgame. By this point, I was waiting for Thanos to end it already, which he did. Sort of. With the flick of his gauntlety fingers came the dreaded snap that literally wiped out 50% of the galaxy's existence, also known as the Decimation. Meanwhile, Ant-Man found himself trapped in the Quantum Realm, trying to harvest quantum energy, which seems to be pretty convenient while at the same time most likely important because his friends couldn't pull him out because they too were decimated. And finally, we see Nick Fury also being decimated before he could utter some shaft cusses before successfully being censored before successfully sending Captain Convenient Marvel an emergency page. Well, that's about it, folks, with Endgame just around the corner. Are you excited about Endgame? Do you have your own theories and are eager to learn if those theories are true? Well, I'm not, but just like you, I too will definitely watch this Endgame because after having seen all 21 films, I'll be damned if I don't. Let us know in the comments if you liked this recap or completely hated it. Thank you so much for listening. You've been great. I've been Bob. See ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Follow The Hangout with Rushdie on Facebook. Like, comment, and share. See you next week.